0: Michael Peterson wants to be famous. He wants to be remembered and respected. After robbing a post office, he's sentenced to seven years in prison, but his actions extend that period to over 20 years in prisons, mental hospitals, and solitary confinement. Along the way, he develops an alter ego based off the 70s action star Charles Bronson, becoming a tough, crazy, determined fucker who will make his mark on the world in one way or another in the 2008 biopic Bronson. I'm Connor Izagari.
1: And I'm Caleb Boucher. And this is Filmgasm.
0: Happy Wednesday. Welcome to the Filmgasm podcast. Today's episode is a random draw from the elusive book of Filmgasm, which is our endless list of weirdo films, a.k.a. potential episodes. Today, the book gave us Bronson. The film that put Tom Hardy on the map and told the true story of real life prisoner Michael Peterson, AKA Charlie Bronson, AKA Charles Salvador, as he calls himself today. Uh, yeah, the dude has a very strange story, which we're going to get into later. Uh, this was
1: clearly, he's clearly a crazy man. As I learned throughout this movie, he is not insane. The movie's way more accurate than I thought it was, which is pretty fucking
0: nuts. Uh, yeah, bronson, the real life charles bronson likes the movie yeah he was a fan which is hilarious uh this was your first time with the movie right
1: yeah yeah that's my first time uh i this was a film that got brought to me a lot when um i was getting into a lot of tom hardy's films around the time that you know he got he was trying to get fan especially with warrior um and i was just like you know like a lot of people i'm like i'm, I'm a big fan of him as a him as a person him as an actor like i just think tom Hardy's like a kick-ass dude and performer and um this was one that always from my buddy in college to you to everyone being like dude if you you want to give a hell of a performance you got to watch bronson like he fucking goes i didn't even realize how early in his career he did this like this was well before he was tom hardy like he was just some dude in this movie for to a lot of people um yeah but by god can you tell like the future he had watching this film like holy shit he brings such like a fucking different level of his performance that you don't see often fuck me was he like good in this well funnily enough he um
0: he only ended up getting cast because uh their first choice uh jason statham said no uh, yeah, he had a scheduling conflict with something. I think like a tra- a transporter movie or something. But he, uh, they went with Tom Hardy, who like I guess nailed the audition or something. He'd done a couple movies like Layer Cake, um, some other stuff, but nothing really like no starring roles. And this was something that really like showed people, oh, this is this is someone to look out for. Um, it's yeah, it's considered one of his greatest performances. It's commitment, straight up. Uh, I love it. there's moments in this movie where I'm like. Is that even Tom Hardy? <laughs> That's Charlie Bronson. Holy shit! It's it's impressive. It's amazing.
1: I would have been. I kind of would have been. Now, I. God, it was literally two of the best choices you could have had. It was either we have Tom Hardy, we end up with Tom Hardy, or we could have been able to film with Jason Statham, and I would have been happy with either outcome. I don't know if Statham has the 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 range to pull off a character like
0: Charlie Bronson. I think. He's got the build for it, I, but Tom Hardy, like, he's got the, the acting chops for it. No no disrespect to Jason Statham, just – I think he's got his niche and he's great at it. And But Hardy was, like, was the guy. Like, I don't know if anyone else would have done this justice.
1: No, no, I get it. I get mean, I love Statham, but no, he – and to his credit, Statham knows his, his range and he knows how to work it and made it into a very fucking profitable and entertaining career. And and at the same time, he knows like there's times I, I think he he doesn't really pick challenging roles because he he likes what he's doing. And yeah. I yeah. see stuff like, you know, what he did with Lock, Stock and Two Smoking bottles and Snatch. And he does show some range like when he kept going Ziz Germans like randomly. Or <laughs> <We're all> like, <laughs> there is range. Like there, was something there. I just, I feel like he just, he himself refuses to play the, the type of roles he does. And that's, and that's fine. Like I said, it's working for him. He's doing great with it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I agree. And I mean, we were supposed to have a, hopefully an actual true to form team up with him and guy, Richie earlier this year. I don't know when the fuck that man was coming out anymore. I forget.
0: Yeah. Operation fortune. What happened to that?
1: Yeah. Like, it, you know, it looks like he, you know, he's, you know, Just between that and then, like, you know, rumors surrounding that he's gonna be in the Marvel universe here. Like, I've been hearing a lot of rumors that they nabbed him finally, they were able to sign a deal with him. Uh obviously Hobson Shaw 2 at some point, which I think we can all agree we're looking more forward to than fucking fast X, as I'm calling it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I will not call it Fast Ten. If I call Chasing X Chasing X, I'm not calling Fast Ten Fast Ten, I'm calling it Fast X. I know it's a Roman numeral. I don't care. It sounds cool if you say the X. Um, <laughs> Whatever. If Statham but, had taken this role, it's
0: very likely we would have. Might not like we might not have gotten Tom Hardy on the scale we have gotten him.
1: And so. that's true too. Like it, it kind of works out because in a way, like you know, we have Tom Hardy on the scale that he is. Where well, he is like a very well-known actor. People love him. You know, he is a bankable star. And Statham himself is also a bankable star. People know Statham. He's had like especially playing like a villain role in the Fast and Furious franchise. At first, before they did what they did. Um, And then his, you know, showing he he doesn't take himself seriously with, you know, um, Spy, you know, that comedic turn. And, you know, he's done enough mainstream stuff as well to kind of show, like, no, he, you know, he, people know who he is. He's a bankable star. So they both had, like, they, in a way, it worked out for both of them because now they're both huge stars in their respective field of film.
0: True. Very true. Um, Speaking of, Tom Hardy, before we get into the true story of the real Charlie Bronson and, of course, this wild film, uh, we thought it'd be fun to get the juices flowing by doing a top five. And what better topic than our top five favorite Tom Hardy performances? Now, there is bound to be overlap. He hasn't done a lot yet, uh, but what he has done has been substantial, exciting, and memorable and worth discussing. Uh, So I think more it's like, where do you put these performances and where do I put them? That's more the excitement here. We, we both, like, I wouldn't be surprised if we have the same five films.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, and so, like, I'll, I'll say this now. For me, I wrote down almost everything, I'm, a lot of what I've seen and that I liked. And then it became a matter of, like, okay, it's performances for me. So even if I liked this one a lot, was his performance up to snuff? So then it became a note of, like, okay, I'm not going to put this, because I had more than five I written down initially, then they cut some out. I was like, okay, I like this film, but it's not sh- the strongest of his performances compared to, to like this film. And by that, I mean like, look, I'm not saying like he did shit in that particular film. It's just like compared to like the films I put down, I felt like not only really strong films, so it was also a really good performances coming from him.
0: Yeah, I did pretty much the same thing. I, I, you know, this isn't this is not a top five Tom Hardy movies. It's a top five Tom Hardy performances. So I wanted to go by his strengths and his commitment and his transformations as opposed to the quality of the film but even though i do even then i do think he has been very selective and picked some damn good projects over his career so i don't really think that he's done a lot of bad movies
1: no and like i said even the ones i left out like their films i fucking i love there's one film i did not put in and that i'm a big fucking fan of but i was just like compared to these five so performance wise he does better than these films but goddamn, if i don't fucking love this movie so that it was a hard one to take out i'll reveal it later but it was a very fucking hard one to take out
0: yeah um i think it's gonna be really fun
1: uh why don't you start us out uh so my five is actually the the title episode and question that we're talking about. i want to put bronze for me uh yeah, like the only reason it's at five is because like I mean, like I've seen these art films more, that I've had more time to really enjoy these films. Um, but I can't deny that, like performance wise, yeah, this like we were saying we we'll get more, so I don't want to go too deep. But this is like I can see if I was the executive watching this, I'd be like you need to keep an eye on this guy. Holy shit, this is a fucking performance <laughs> from him, and this is one of the few times where like he doesn't try to do an accent, <laughs> or if he does, he does, but it works in his favor admittedly i know he loves to change up his accent every movie because i a big gary oldman fan he made that very known but sometimes even i have to laugh at the accents because it sounds more like grumbling <laughs> and new tone <laughs> than it does actual <laughs> speech um but here it's like it, it works um everything from his look to four just it works it's he's fucking amazing in this it's the craziness in his eyes that does it for me like
0: he just looks like he's always on fire mentally. And I just, I love it. Like the slightest thing is going to set this dude off. Uh, I'll have more to say later on, uh, but yeah, good, good start off. I like it. Um, my number five is another Tom Hardy film that we covered not too long ago. Uh, Lawless. Forrest Bondurant, the patriarch of the Bondurant family, the head of the brothers, uh, just a solid mass of a human being, <laughs> an I unmovable wall.
1: The, hmm? He's working off the bane weight, yeah,
0: and he's just covered in sweaters because he was rocking like unbelievable bulk, but he still had to look like a West Virginia gangster, and I love that. uh But his performance is so good because he's just always. You know he's the guy everyone has to rely on. He's the guy who runs this this racket. He runs this family. He runs this town. He's got so much on his shoulders, but he makes it seem so effortless. But then when he's alone, you can just feel him kind of sink and feel the weight of it all. And he he's like that with uh, with Jessica Chastain's character a lot. I love the interactions between him and Shia LaBeouf. Where it's like, you know, no, you figure it out. You fucked up. You you do this. Like I love it. He's such a like a sage almost. But then, when the chips are down, you know he's going to cut off a dude's nutsack. So it's he's you know he's hands on. Um, yeah, it's one of my favorite Tom Hardy films, and just a great gangster movie and an awesome performance.
1: Yeah, this was one that I I, I took I took the one I cut off my list, but I I'm with you. I, I love Lawless. Hardy is great. I know you know we made the joke he's broken off the bane Wait, but somehow he makes it work in the context of the movie. Like I said, yeah, he, he gives off that weariness. Like, yes, he is like everyone in the town looks up to him, everyone knows who he is. He is fucking the fucking modern rock. As funny as that, I think he's not even the oldest sibling yet. He is the one,
0: I think they yeah, he's like the he's middle, middle child. child,
1: yeah. But he is the one that they are like both respected, like they respect but fear because they know that he's a good guy. If you stay on his good side and you, you don't do anything to his family, he'll treat you right. You you fuck up. You do anything wrong with him or his family, he will come after you.
0: Well, and I also love this whole weird legend that like he's invincible, that you can't kill Forest Ponderon. You know, he take he gets his throat slit. He he walks it off. He gets shot like five times. He walks it off. Like he yeah. you start to think like, yeah, of course this dude thinks he's hot shit. Like, how do you not start to believe your own legend after all that?
1: Yeah. Well, and they even have that line. Remember when uh, he's getting ready to go save his brother before he gets all shut up and she's like are you really dumb enough that you you believe your own legend and then she tells him no i took you to the hospital you did not walk there i love that he thought that he got his throat slit he was bleeding out and he just
0: walked to the doctor's office and doesn't remember it
1: <laughs> yeah like of course i walked what's, what's crazy uh yeah awesome my number four, you could say out of these, it's probably the smallest in my five role that he plays, but it's, it's, it leaves an impression for me, and that is his villainous role uh, turn in The Revenant. He's not... No, he, you're in a two-and-a-half-hour firm. He's not in a lot, but he makes what he is in completely worth it. Um, from his obsession with getting the money for these pelts, to the bickering he has with Leonardo DiCaprio, like, we need to get these pelts out of here. Like, we just got attacked. Like, we gotta go you know leo's like trying to keep the cool head and he is to the point where he betrays him and just fucking kills his son and just the whole quest to to find him and then even his like part when he pops up at the end and he's getting ready to kill like leonardo like like i said it's not a huge it's not a huge role it's not a big role but he makes it work i know there's a lot of jokes now because of how much he says pelts how obsessed (laughs) he is with pelts in the movie But it works like I really really like it
0: My number four Is also the Revenant Oh okay Uh, Yeah John Fitzgerald is A bastard Just an absolute Horrible person who only cares About you know Getting his and making sure This goes down smoothly and he's Willing to do whatever it takes to make this Happen and you know it's what 1750s or something I
1: think so, somewhere around there.
0: So, yeah, he's going to be determined to get... Like, If he doesn't get the pelts there, he doesn't eat. So, like, this is... I get why he's so determined, but just what he does to, you know, killing the, the boy and leaving Leo for dead, it's, it's a dark performance, but, you know, his he brought his mumble talk best to that one. And uh, just seeing him and Leo go head-to-head, especially in the end when they have that fight, it's so satisfying. Uh, this was his... Um, only Oscar nomination to date, but there will for sure be future ones. He's nowhere near done, if anything, he's just getting started.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, Derek, God, I need, I really need to watch. Revenue. I remember really fucking liking that. Uh, the first time I watched it, I saw a thing where they were doing an inter- him and Leo were doing like you know the press rounds for it, and like apparently Leo was like in a real nice like suit, you know, being Leo, being all classy and whatnot during his interviews, dressed and sharp, and then you had like tom hardy next to him slouched chilling in like jeans and like a shirt and like a sweater or something like a hoodie or whatever like chomping down on food when he's not answering questions He's <laughs> eating candy then getting like hot or something so he's taking off layers of clothing <laughs> throughout the interview and you can see like Leo we just kind of looking like what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> he's
0: the bad boy of, of hollywood you know he plays by his own rules it's funny. Oh, yeah. I was watching an interview where he was being interviewed by, like, some kid. It was, like, a nine-year-old, kind of a, you know, a gimmick thing. And the kid asked him, why didn't your rap career work out? <laughs> Tom Hardy laughed, and he went, my rap career didn't work out because I suck. <laughs> I love the candor.
1: <laughs> I think I saw, yeah, they did it for, like, minimum. They had, like, kids interview him. Yeah. And apparently he was just, he was, like, just great with those kids, like... <laughs> It looked like he was having a fun time with it.
0: Yeah, I love that he brings his dog to red carpets. Like just he's a he seems like a solid guy.
1: Yeah, no I I from what I understand he's a really uh, solid dude to work with. It's only Charlie's thrown that I felt the need to try to make him sound bad. Well,
0: I've heard sto- I've heard more than a few stories about her, so. Mm. That's what I'm heard, saying. Heard less like, stories about Tom Hardy.
1: When I remember when that happened, she was like I was scared of him and I'm thinking it sounds like you're trying to pull the AM hurt thing here right now. Um dude, no I've heard him. I was like, I've heard plenty of stories of you not exactly being the best human being on film sets and in personal life from personal assistance stories. Um, yeah. Once like, you start
0: berating the help, I don't care for you.
1: Yeah. And I've I've heard some stories of personal assistance not mean not enjoying working with her. Um, that she's not the nicest human being. I was like, I haven't heard I've heard from a lot of people they love working with Tom Hardy. So who's who's the who's the asshole on set here? And what what I love was his response. He was like, hey, look, I'm sorry. I I took it real intense. Like, he actually, like, can I get mad? I'm thinking, like, see, look, here we go. Like, this just proves it more like you're trying to come at him. And he is taking it like a class act. Like, hey, it was early in my career. I was taking it real serious. Didn't mean to give Officer and Vibe. Yeah, I respect that.
0: I respect him kind of negating any chance at a feud. Well done.
1: Yeah. It's like, you fucking class act. Um I wasn't expecting uh both have the Revenant at four, but damn, okay. Uh, my number three is a film that I feel is still underseen and people need to watch it more because it's a badass goddamn movie. Um, and that is Warrior with him and Nick Nolte and uh fuck uh Edg- edgerton, troll edgerton. Yeah, yeah. Um w- look overall film rights itself, the movie is fucking great. Like this is a great fucking movie. Um, And Tom Hardy, you can see why this is the guy that went from, like, you know, obviously Bronson get him attention of like, we need to look off this guy. But this a lot, a lot, I think from what I understand, this was like the role that convinced them to get him for Dark Knight Rises. So he like was a warrior from what I understand. And you can see why, like, he is like built. It is scary how big his traps alone are in this movie. In this movie. And, you know, he he does a very generalized American, like, East Coast accent, but God damn it, if it doesn't work. <laughs> and it's just like his, I'm you know, his performance in that is great and his story is great. I, I'm really, I've seen, you know, I've seen this film plenty of times and I'm always just hooked on, like, his storyline of, like, you know, he, he, he went AWOL because he couldn't take it with what happened to his squad and he's just trying to find his way. And reconnect, you know, with his father and his brother and all that stuff. It's a really fucking good movie. Really good performance and real good story. I love Warrior,
0: and I'm going to save my thoughts. Okay. <laughs> um, my number three is the movie that introduced me to Tom Hardy, uh, where I started finally paying attention to this guy. And it's one of my favorite comic book performances. The Dark Knight Rises. Bane. Uh, Yeah. The character got whitewashed. Let's just talk. Let's just say that now. It happened. Fuck it. Tom Hardy's commitment in The Dark Knight Rises is so obvious. I think that he, you know, following Heath Ledger's Joker was an impossible task. Nobody was going to live up to that. So you, I think. No one was smart to go in the completely opposite direction and give Batman a physical obstacle in the form of Bane, as well as a mental one. And just watching Tom Hardy's Bane dismantle Bruce Wayne's entire life is crazy. And then just watching him beat the living hell out of Batman while saying crazy, memorable, awesome shit. You know, the shadows betray you because they belong to me. Like, what the fuck? It's he's scary. In, in that movie, and just huge and intimidating, and the way he walks around, like, you know, holding his jacket like that, it's like, this dude could do anything. Uh, yeah, I, I love Tom Hardy as Bane, and I I think the voice is intimidating. I I like the, he went kind of goofy with it, but I think that just makes the character seem more unhinged, and yeah, I'll defend that movie to death. I I love the Dark Knight trilogy, and I think the Dark Knight Rises is a fitting end for the character, and Tom Hardy is a big part of that.
1: I'll go ahead and see my piece because I have that number two for me. Night Rises. <laughs> um, yeah, I know. Look, I, I like you said. I know a lot of people kind of come at the voice, and I get it. It sounds goofy, but I, I like it. I have no issues with it, and I just, I think it's because, like you said, it's Tom Hardy's commitment So, so Not just like in the physical realm, because he is fucking huge in this movie. But it's just like the performance. Like he didn't need to play Bane this good, and yet he brought it, gave it his all. Um. Yeah, the way he delivers certain lines with the whole like you know the shadows. Of my, I was born in the darkness, molded by it. Like just like this is a guy that you don't wanna don't wanna fuck with on both a physical and intellectual level. Which after getting Batman and Robin version of Bane was a nice change of pace. It's like yes, this is Bane. Like he is yes he is a physical force. He's also incredibly smart because in the comics, for I know most comic fans know. He's the one that figures out who the fuck Batman is. It was like a big goddamn storyline. Um, so having you know having that brought into this movie was great. Um, I I like Dark Knight Rises and I will like I don't hate it like most people do. I do have some gripes with it, especially it's like fucking length. Um, but yeah. I do I do I yeah I do enjoy it for the most part. And Bane is a huge 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 reason for that. Tom Hardy, it's so good to the point that. I actually, one of my gripes is how they just dispatch him in the movie and then make Talia the fucking main bad guy. I'm like, oh, I don't like that that much because I didn't really care for her reveal because there was no real build up to it. I was like, you had this really great villain in Bane. He could have just kept him as the head, the main bad guy.
0: Yeah, he ended up becoming just kind of a simp, which was unfortunate. And then he got blasted away by Catwoman. It's like, ah,
1: shit. Yeah, yeah, that's... And like I said, that's to mixture of, like, I'm, I'm mad at the storytelling aspect of doing that, but also, like, again, his performance is so good that I'm just like, really? Like, fuck you guys. Like, yeah. just have him be the main villain. That would have been so much better.
0: <laughs> I love when he's... uh Earlier in the movie, when that one, like, one of his guys fucks up and brings Commissioner Gordon to, like, his hideout, and Bane just tells the guy, search him, then I'm gonna kill you. It's like oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) he'll do it yeah i i uh i'm yeah i I love this movie and while the character didn't get a great send-off in the movie i thought tom hardy this and bronson specifically show me just how good tom hardy is at acting with his eyes he is so good like just you know the way he holds himself like, like narrowing you know off to the side like he knows what he's doing with his eyes and Bane especially you know a character that's ma- mostly masked up he brought a menace and towards the end kind of a humanity to, to the character that I really appreciated
1: we used uh, to do the eye thing too with Lawless. he has a lot of stuff where he's like the way he looks at you it's just like okay he just
0: glares and just does like mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, a, like a grumbling and you're like oh shit he's pissed
1: oh he's <laughs> mad <laughs> anger grumbles Uh (laughs) um yeah (laughs) yeah no this is yeah there's i i think one of my favorite parts when you see like how how the kind of power he has on these on his people it's like the 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 plane heist and that one guy's gonna leave he's like no one of us has to stay and the guy just goes does the fire rise the fire rises and just the guy's like okay cool i'm staying on the plane and going to crash with it i'm like what the fuck
0: In that bit, I love when the guy asks him, "Like, so, what's your plan?" And his eyes widen, and he just goes, "Crashing this plane!" And the music kicks in. It's like, "Oh shit!" (laughs) Ah, yeah, that was a great opening. Uh, Yeah, we got a, we did Batman Begins on Oscar Sunday um, earlier this year. I think I want to do more, more Dark Knight trilogy. I just love talking about these movies.
1: Well, let it breathe, Jesus. I want more. I want more. um so that was your two that was my two yeah stark Knight rises okay
0: my number two is bronson i love this movie i think he is absolutely bonkers insane and just committed to anarchy and you know chaos it's such a great like to me this showed like tom hardy would make a great joker You know, there's moments in this movie where I'm like that's just pure chaotic nightmare. <laughs> like he could he would pull that off great. But um oh, yeah. you know, just from the beginning, you know. My name is Charlie Bronson. Like, oh boy. <laughs> this guy's not well.
1: Yeah, The way he's just staring at the camera. I I, I we'll get more into it, but I really like the vaudeville type like <laughs> the monologue and when they keep cutting him. I'm like, what yeah. the fuck?
0: I love when he'll like he'll laugh and smile and then very quickly just like like drop it. <laughs> and glare like this man's insane um but yeah i just i think the character's fun and crazy and wild and constantly fucking with everybody he meets and yeah it's it's a great kind of debut if you will for tom hardy on the you know as a leading man uh i think more people need to need to see this movie it was like we'll talk more about it in a bit but uh yeah definitely one of my favorites Mm.
1: all right that means it's on number one my number one might surprise you. Maybe. I don't know. Okay, I don't how I feel about the movie itself. My number one is Venom, actually. Really? Yes. Wow! Because I stand by that while the movie itself is okay to me, it's a mediocre film. God damn if Tom Hardy doesn't make me actually enjoy watching it. His performance in that film should not be as committed and zany and out there as it is, and but it is. And hearing like stirs about just jumps into the tank of lobsters that wasn't scripted. That was just fucking ad libbed by Tom Hardy on the spot, like <laughs> <laughs> just things like that. I'm like, holy shit! Like he, he was he again. You know, considering the reception, you know, post Dark Knight Rises release, he could have easily been like, I'm not doing another comic movie again, like fans are just like a certain way like i'm done but he did it one he agreed to do this again he as far as i was was the perfect choice for eddie brock like if anyone was going to get eddie i'm like yeah tom hardy makes perfect sense and then just delivers this like just out there performance that shouldn't work but it does and then double duties and plays venom and 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 just makes and he really to me he's the main reason i can i can sit through venom i will sit through venom anytime you know i think the film itself is doesn't fully work. Like he keeps me glued to the to the screen. I just I love watching him and Venom's interaction. I was so happy to see that in Let There Be Carnage. They were like, you guys really like their relationship. We're gonna give you even more of that, and we got it. Like, yeah, Tom. I this is Tom Hardy just goes for broke, and it just works for me. I'm a I'm a big sucker. If you haven't noticed for this go for broke type of film or performance, and this is that. This is a go for broke. Give it your all, performance, and it just fucking works.
0: That's awesome. I, I love that you did that. I was watching Venom while I was putting this together. And I just thought, like, this is awesome. But I, I have I was I was sure it was going to be on your list, but like at number five or something. So that's why I didn't include it. But it's your number one pick. That's that's fantastic. I
1: yeah, love that. It was and, huh? yeah, and that's that's why I kind of said before we started, you know, for me, this is all about performances. Because if you notice, I didn't have Mad Max Fury Word in here, even though I fucking adore Mad Max 40 word. Mm-hmm. I like Tom Hardy in that movie. It's not the most showy performance. It's it's the definition of him just kind of grumbling, yeah. his his way through it. I agree.
0: Um, that's why I didn't have um, Legend. Uh, I think his you know pulling double duty as the Kray twins is great, but I think that there's just not a lot going on for that in that movie. I, like it's the opposite for me. Like you know Fury Road is an awesome movie with a subdued. Tom Hardy performance. Legend is an awesome Tom Hardy performance in a subpar movie. And okay. it does it does kind of, you know, tank the performance a little, which is a shame. Um yeah, Venom. That's so cool. But yeah, it's an it's a great performance, you know. Tom Hardy as this Eddie Brock who has no fucking clue what's happening to him, just constantly eating weird shit and freaking out. And then when he finds out there's an alien living inside him, he takes it pretty well.
1: Yeah, well, and what what and that's what I love. It's like in it came out when we have you know we have this deluge of MCU films on what a superhero a male at least I'm not going to say you know right now I'm just going to focus on male superheroes not necessarily what female superheroes should look like but we have like in our heads what a male superhero should look like and then this film comes out and says nope like they're going to look like Tom Hardy who is sweating profusely it's a bit of a loser throughout the movie like not not a winner if you to quote a very old charlie sheen quote um oh my god he's yeah. not winning you know loser sweating doesn't know what the fuck's going on is freaking out throughout the whole thing and then just takes to this thing happening and goes with it and it's it's refreshing and the full commitment he gives to it it's great and it's not like and the fact that he didn't turn on go like you know i really i'm not having my performance no he said you know what i really like doing that i'm glad you guys reacted to it re- received it so well Here's the sequel. And now we're in a Venom 3. And then we got a little bit... And then even his cameo in No Way Home was one of my favorite parts in No Way Home with the whole, like, so you're telling me that there's a guy flying around as a spider? Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, that was, that I was, was great. His, I love his role so, so much as Eddie Brock. I love the interactions with him and Venom. Especially knowing that it's Tom Hardy Playing Venom, so he's just talking to himself. Like, oh my God. Like the whole segment in Let There Be Carnage when he's like, talk to Ann, we miss her. Say something. <laughs> <laughs>
0: like... uh, I love randomly in like in the first one when he's telling, you know, Venom tells Eddie, like, you know, you might not ever see her again. This is your only chance to apologize. And then Eddie apologizes and Venom just kills the moment by going, Oh, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> Little things like that. It's it's a great
1: role. um Yeah, Venom
0: kicks
1: I love when um he's like trying to get him to go down the elevator or whatever. He's like, just go down. No, and he's like, just jump down. We can just jump down. It's like, no, we're taking the elevator. And then cuts some um, taking the elevator pussy. <laughs> 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 like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I will. I will gladly defend this performance. Tom is giving us the hero. Like the most opposite of what we get nowadays with superhero films, fully commits to it. We've yeah, gotten yeah. more of it, and they've only doubled down in the sequel. So yeah, I'm, I'm a big, big, big fan of this performance.
0: He's a schlub who keeps fucking up, who has you know done a lot of damage to people he loves, who encounters an alien, who is kind of a piece of shit on his home planet, and it's like, maybe here we can be winners together if we just <laughs> help each other. And then they both just kind of like, yeah, all right. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a, like I, I know. I think it's a bummer we we yet to get to see the you know the evil like Spider Man hating Venom, but I do like that what we've gotten is this kind of like schlubby like hey let's try to do the right thing kind of Venom.
1: Yeah. Oh, I love the whole like they're not a lethal protector. You when know, I was like we can be a lethal protector. No, that sounds stupid. <laughs> I love in the second one when
0: Venom makes him slap Ann's husband he's like,
1: I'm so sorry. He just <laughs> walks off.
0: <laughs> I also like how Venom subverts a lot of tropes. Like like the new, you know, her new husband isn't a douchebag or like, you know, resentful or anything. He like, he's like a doctor who wants to help Eddie. And even Eddie's like, this guy's good for you. Like everyone's. Yeah. Even like, Venom likes them. Even yeah. Venom's like, I, I kind of like
1: him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's not the movie. I think anybody expected it to be. I think we all expected a Morbius but we ended up getting a pretty good movie that I think has, like, gotten better over time. And the sequel I think is just as good.
1: Yeah, yeah, I yeah. And for me, uh, the sequel actually for me like improved because they're like, hey, let's give you all the shit you liked and give you more of it. And I was I was so down. I laughed at my when they were like, why don't you just eat the chickens? No, the chickens are our friends. <laughs> 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 I like at the
0: beginning when he's going to see Cassidy and Eddie says something like, why don't you shut up? And then the, the guard's like looking at him and he's just like, I don't have any way to explain that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like when like, Venom's like chunking stuff out of his apartment. Not the TV! What are you doing? And then his bike, no, no. What are you
0: doing? I love when Venom goes out to the like the, the club and it's like, we're free! We're not taking words from him anymore and they're like, preach! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh i might watch let there be carnage tonight it's been a minute
1: (laughs) yes oh god yeah i yeah yeah, i stand by it these performances are fucking stellar and you know this is the definition of like from what's on on almost a non-horror side you know i would say this horror adjacent um where the academy can just be like go go shove it this is a great performance academy it's on our our drama role It's a guy it's your actor literally going for broke giving it his all and giving us the greatest goddamn thing in this movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, well said. That was awesome. Well, my number one is Warrior. Um, this is a movie that just keeps getting better every time I watch it. I love the juxtaposition between Tom Hardy and Joel Edgerton, just two brothers who had wildly different paths in life because of the way they chose to deal with their childhood trauma. Uh. And Tom Hardy, you know, as uh, Tommy Conlon, just being so determined not to forgive anybody. He's like, you know, anyone who's wronged him deserves his his hatred and his scorn. And you just feel this pain in him the whole time. He's so hurt and he's so upset and pissed at everything that's happened to him. Like his first fight in the in the octagon, when he just decks that dude in one punch and walks away. Like this is a this is a damaged, scary dude, and mm. I love the interaction between him and Nick Nolte, where he just you know dis- destroys Nick Nolte because he feels like he deserves it. And then the final fight between the brothers is so devastating. Every time I watch it, I can't help but cry. The music and just you know, George is in holding, uh, Tom Hardy in the like he's gonna break him, and he's just like, "It's okay,
1: like I'm sorry." It's just, yeah. Cheesy, well, <laughs> it's- what I love is what I love is throughout the movie. When you know he say he he really holds on to his grudges. You see throughout the movie, the one person he he is trying to like fix it with is his brother. Because there's moments he goes to the house and tries. You can tell in his hurt, that's the one person he does want to try to fix things with because it's his brother. There's that you know love there, but he can't even let that you know go. He still he can't do it. As hard how is he's trying. Mm -hmm. Um, one of my favorite scenes in that movie with him is actually that hotel scene with Nick Nolte. Nick Nolte, like, look, we all know the fall from grace the man had with the, the mugshot and everything. But goddamn, if he isn't so a good actor, when he you give him the right material and like he tries.
0: I'd, he, I'd argue, real quick, I'd argue that just getting shit-faced in a Hawaiian shirt is far from the fall from grace people are having these days. So I don't think Nick Nolte's really got that many skeletons in his closet to, for us to forgive at this
1: point. Yeah, i mean I'm, I'm just saying you know compared to what he had pre that mug shot and then his career after that um but god damn if he isn't given a whole performance in this movie man like he is excellent and one of my my actually i would say my favorite scene is the hotel scene when like his dad gives in he can't take it anymore and he goes on that bender in the hotel room and he's just just mumble, rambling on about stuff and freaking out. And to- and I think he's, it was Tommy, right? It was who Tom Hardy was playing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tommy um, just sit, stands there and listens and just looks at him and lets him ramble and then finally holds him. And just, like, has that moment of, like, it's, a you know, without saying it, hey, it's okay, dad. You, you fucked up and, you you know, you're trying.
0: I thought it was really fucked up how he kept trying to drive his now, you know, clean and sober dad to fall off the wagon like he wanted to hurt him and then when he saw what it did what that had done he was like i wish i hadn't done this
1: yeah because he yeah it's like he had that moment of realizing, like not not to you know dismiss anything his dad may have done to them as kids but what you see in the movie is someone that you know and that's why i say nick no was a hell of performance in this movie is someone that does realize what he did to his two kids and wants nothing more than try to make it right even know he knows that it's too late. They're adults. It's it, the damage is done. Yeah. And you see it, right? He goes to um, Joel Edgerton's house at one point to try to do it, and he's like, "Get the fuck out of here." Um, and you can just see the hurt in his eyes. Like, you know, I fucked up as a dad. I'm doing anything to make it right. But like you said, Tom Hardy comes in and just keeps throwing it in his face, like, "Hey, you did this when you were in." Boba. And he's like, "I," you know, and it's hard because it's like it's life. You you understand all the sides that are being played in this movie. Yeah. You're like, I understand every single person's viewpoint.
0: Well, I love that this film has no bad guy. Like it's so hard to pick a side here because everyone's cause is righteous. You know, Tom Hardy's trying to give his best friend's widow, you know, money to keep going, and Joel Edgerton's trying to save his house. It's like, mm-hmm. how do you know how do you back? Which horse do you back? And then of course Nick Nolte's trying to do right after years of, of abuse. It's like, Jesus, man, this is you know, this is family. Yeah. <laughs> the powerful. Yeah and just yeah absolutely devastating I think the work Tom Hardy put into that movie shows I mean Jesus Christ he is like bulky but like streamlined not like you know sloppy bulky like Bane like this is a dude who trains every single day to look like this yes Like this, yeah and it's just wild it's such a great drama great sports movie and uh, an epic character study so this was my number one from the get go
1: yeah, no this this is a this was a film I'd heard about when I was getting into Tom Hardy, um, and I was kind of like people were talking about like oh you gotta yeah, check out it's really really good it had just come out, and I I'd rented it off of Netflix, and I remember praying it just being blown away, being like holy shit! So like I said to me some some of the best films because admittedly the like I'm tired of sports films like they they tell the same goddamn story, but the but the best ones. Or a trauma first, admittedly. Like they are character studies first and foremost. And the sport happens to be a big it's just part of the storyline. And that's what this is. First and foremost, yeah, absolute UFC fighting is the sport in this film. It's what they're doing, it's a part of the plot line. But the driving force is the family trauma and the characters. And that's what gets you into it. So that when you do get to these fights, there's there's a there's a relationship to it. You know what I mean? Like you said, when you see him punch that guy in one, take him down in one hit, there is all the world was built up to who this character is so that punch makes sense it, it it it's a the punch pays off you know what i mean you built up to him being able to do that you get why he's he pulls that off and then when you get to the final fight with the two brothers again it's on an emotional level it's rewarding because now you're seeing them after having so many moments of words being duked out now they're physically duking it out yeah And,
0: you know, in some families, like, you need that. Like, the only way to move past something is to beat the shit out of one another. And this is, this is their moving past it. This is the apology. (laughs) This fight (laughs) is the the apology. And then afterwards, you know, they're embracing each other. And they're like, you know, brothers again. It's, it's wonderful. I love this movie. (laughs) Yeah.
1: You know, anyone who knows their brother's right when his white and Tom Hardy is getting ready to go to Joe for going AWOL. So it's going to be a bit before they see each other physically. Yeah. Again. But at least emotionally they've buried the hatchet. Yes. <laughs> so it's, it's again, but again, I guess, you know, I do like that. The film ends like that. I do. Cause it, again, it sticks to its tone of being realistic and being a, a family trauma first and foremost. And cause you know, obviously your search of Hollywood and be like, Oh, well they forgive it. never mind, You know, you don't care that you went AWOL, your brothers again. Yay. No, this is real. Like, yeah, they bury the hatchet, you know, they're brothers again. But realistically, he went AWOL, and the army will fucking make you pay for any Branson military will make you pay for that. Hilarious
0: at the end of this, like his commanding officer shows up and is like in tears and he's like, get this man a pardon. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> That's yeah, it's emotional and it's, you know, powerful and he did the right thing, but you still went AWOL and you're, you're going to pay for it. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad they didn't do that. But now, you know, when Tommy gets out of jail, he's got a place to stay. <laughs> um, that was fun. That was, that was fun getting to kind of go through our, our Tom Hardy films. Why don't we recap real quick? Um, I'll start. Uh, number five, Lawless. Number four, The Revenant. Number three, The Dark Knight Rises. Number two, Bronson. And number one,
1: Warrior. And for me, I had number five, Bronson. Four, The Revenant. Three, Warrior. Two, Dark Knight Rises. And one, Venom. Very cool. I knew that was going to surprise you when I put it on there.
0: Yeah, but it's, you know, I love that he puts the same level of commitment into like an Oscar possible drama as he does with a comic book movie produced by Sony.
1: Yeah. He's a good actor. That man. was predicted to flop. No one thought this was going to do good. And yet it made almost a fu- it made almost a million dollars at the box office.
0: Yeah. If this had failed, you know, Marvel and Sony probably would have had much different negotiations regarding the future of Spider-Man. So I have mixed feelings about that. But I I do like the movie. <laughs>
1: it's like, yeah. Granted, if it had failed but people liked Tom Hardy Maybe we would just had him in the MCU. Wolverine. I um, yeah. I I I so wish that is the one thing. So that's I would. It does make as much as I love his form from Venom. It's like if he didn't get that, there is a chance out there that he would approach to play Wolverine. Who's to say that
0: the variant of Logan in the MCU? Kind of looks like Eddie Brock.
1: I would love if if Marvel comes up to he's like, Look, you're like the only one holding that universe together. All right. But if you come over here to us, you're not the only one. It's a whole universe of success. And you'll be a part of that. Don't you want some of the pie, Mr. Hardy? I
0: love it. I love it. it's, it's like Marvel. Isn't getting a huge fucking cut of the Venom franchise. It's like they still own the character. It's like, ah, whatever. It's, it's
1: murky waters. Fine. Just waiting. I Morbius, then I go, oh, oh, do it one more time, Sony. Do it one more time. <laughs> See what happens. Fuck around and find out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, well, that was fun.
0: Let's talk Bronson so the film is based on a true story michael peterson who changed his name to charlie bronson in 1987 after his boxing promoter thought he could use a more suitable name uh bronson is considered britain's most violent prisoner despite the fact that he's never actually killed anyone and has been incarcerated on and off since 1974 when he was arrested for armed robbery and sentenced to seven years um I think that's hilarious. Like this dude's considered like the most dangerous man in England and he's never killed anybody. He just keeps fucking with guards and they keep adding more years onto his sentence.
1: Yeah, I was, I noticed I was like, this guy has not killed anyone. He hasn't raped. He hasn't done really anything like horrendously illegal to be in jail for as long as he has to be considered this violent criminal. But just because he absolutely just loves to pick a fight. He loves to mess with the guards They just are like, we got to keep him in here. And he is violent and very insane. He is very clearly insane.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, He's known as a violent inmate, has taken numerous hostages in the course of confrontations with guards, resulting in his sentence later being changed to life imprisonment. He's been given life in prison for basically just assault. It's pretty crazy.
1: Uh, I, would, I would hate to be a guard if they're like, hey, can you give Charlie his food? I'd be like, fuck no. I don't want to be a fucking hostage today. I
0: love it. he never actually is going to hurt. Uh, he's going to hurt them. He's not going to kill them. He's yeah. going
1: to fuck them up. And even then, hurt is like a 50 50 ch- shot on if he's going to hurt them that day or not. Yeah. The only person he's ever come close to
0: killing is the pedophile he tried to kill in Broadmoor, which was a true story. That really did happen. And the guards got him just in time. (laughs) Uh, I'd say he's a complex individual. He has a short fuse, has hurt a lot of people, but he's also in his own weird way, tried to make things right to some capacity lately. In 2016, he auctioned one of his artworks to raise money for the treatment of a child with cerebral uh, cerebral palsy. So he's, He's using his newfound fame due to the movie and his notoriety to kind of try to help some people, which is nice. Um, he's still alive. He, re- he enjoyed the film and he enjoyed Tom Hardy's portrayal of him. He's currently incarcerated at HM prison, Woodhill in Milton Keynes, England. He's 69 years old and is in the middle of trying to appeal his life sentence saying,
1: I didn't do nothing <laughs>
0: to paraphrase.
1: <laughs> well, I like how you mentioned the art thing. You, I like how we'll get to it, but like the whole scene of the movie kind of establishes that, like, the art finally kind of made him saying, like, that was his thing to channel his rage and aggression. And mm-hmm. just because of a prick warden that wanted to make life miserable for him, he took that and it immediately just enraged him and <laughs> made him angry. Emer, even the last night, I was kind of like, the guards kind of a prick. Like, you he, had you just let him do his art, he would have been a model prisoner, he would have gone out and out of your hair. <laughs> it's true like really you just made it worse for yourself you're a dumbass warden well apparently that's uh
0: that's the me- that's the uh message of the film is that art helps people channel their demons like being creative helps people be at peace And if you take that away there's no alternative to uh, release that energy so you are gonna you are gonna start some shit so, you know, basically don't defund prison arts programs is the message of this movie.
1: <laughs> or just don't have wardens like in this or Shawshank that just go out of the way to make prisoners' lives miserable and potentially make an already bad criminal worse. I'm but I'm of the mindset that we across the world need some major fucking prison reform.
0: <laughs> oh, dude, it's crazy. No, the private prisons. I mean, this is England. This is England. So I, I can't speak for their prison system, but in America, you know, it's all privatized. So the more prisoners, the more money companies make. So, you know, there's over, they're overcrowded, they're underfunded. It's all fucked up. I've got family who work in the prison system and uh, I me mean to ask them about kind of their day to day. I'll have to do that.
1: <laughs> they just fucking tell you the most haunting stories. Like They just emotionally unpack on
0: you. <laughs> Well, I, I know that my um I have a cousin who's a prison guard, and or a it's like second cousin who's a prison guard, and he said like the best thing you can do is treat them like human beings. So that way, when the riot happens, they don't kill you. <laughs> like it's yeah, you, a little dignity goes a long way. It's, That's what I
1: heard. Yeah. Uh, yeah, my buddy uh, Mikey, one I've known since like the second grade. Yeah, um, he before he was a cop, he started as a corrections officer. And he he told me that he goes. He goes, You just have to remember that then, the day they view it as their house. This is their house. They live here because they're in and out all the time. He's like, So you just have to treat them like fucking human beings. He goes, Yeah, you got to be careful. I mean, these are some of these guys are hardened criminals and will come at you in a heartbeat. He's like, But if you, most of them, he's like, You treat them with just the tiniest bit of dignity and respect and an actual human being, they'll leave you alone. They won't do shit to you.
0: Yeah, man. It's that easy. It really is. But then, you know, the power trip assholes get a billy club in their hand and they're, you know, I'm God now, so I'm going to fuck these people up. Then when, you know, when the riot happens, you're going to be the guy getting stabbed in the neck.
1: Yeah, you will be dead. Whereas the nice guy, they were either knock out maybe or just leave them completely. They might at, at some point just hold them hostage for a little bit. Bronson is going to fuck up everybody,
0: inmates included, like anybody he gets his hands on. <laughs> Bronson doesn't care. No. He's just here for, looking for a good time. Yeah, it is weird. His whole thing is like, I want to be famous, and all I'm good at is going to prison. (laughs) Such a weird situation. I can't believe this is a true story.
1: Yeah, I when I was with this, I was like, "There's no way this is real." There's no. I was like, "But hey, you know what?" I watched Pain again and I saw a scene where The Rock was barbecuing barbecuing human body parts outside, and then I found out that because I was like, "There's no way this is made up for the movie." When I look that shit up, I'm like, no, he, the real life guy was a dumbass and did that. Oh,
0: boy. I love biopics. True stories are sometimes just insane, way crazier than anything you could make up in a fictional narrative. And I love showcasing those stories to just remind you just how nuts the spectrum of human behavior is.
1: It's yeah. wild. Or like When I found out that they toned down Wolf of Wall Street from the book. Yeah. That apparently it was even more wild. I'm like, how much more wild could you fucking get?
0: I'm afraid to find out.
1: Yeah. <laughs> they were throwing fucking tiny people, midges, whatever. I don't know. I don't know what's not same term with that word or not. Um It's not midget,
0: so we're already in the in the deep water, so might as well continue.
1: Okay, well, but I was like, they had all seen they're like literally throwing midges as like dart to a dartboard, like as a bullseye. I'm like... How much more insane can it get? From, they're fucking in the office like daily, and there's a line behind the guy. It's not like there's a private room. It's, hey man, when you're done, I'm next. Like I don't don't even wipe the chiz off, or I'm going right in.
0: Good lord, man. Oh, yeah i I gotta. I'd like to read that book. <laughs> I want to know the deets. Uh, but yeah, anyway, Charlie Bronson still there, still kicking, still trying to. I guess he got what he wanted. He's he's famous now. He is very famous now. Yeah. I doubt he'll ever get out of prison, but, you know, well, maybe he sees that as a win. Uh, Bronson was directed by Nicholas Winding Refn, who would later direct Drive, Valhalla Rising, Only God Forgives, and the Neon Demon. And I thought you'd find this interesting. He's also set to direct a remake of Maniac Cop,
1: that's yeah, he is attached to that. It's It's been very slow going, and I forget why He's, he had to explain why it's taken so long recently. Um, but yeah, he is attached to uh, yeah. doing a remake If look, I'm not like I know how Josh already feels about this, right? Which makes him unreasonable. I get it, but if anyone is going to direct Maniac Cop, I'm okay with him based off his filmography because I like most of his work that I've seen. I like, I, you know, obviously, I'm a big, I really like this. I'm a big fan of Drive. I mostly liked Only God Forgives. You know, he is indulging way too much in that movie. But I and I get why a lot of people were turned off by it. I understand it. There's I I tend I liked a little bit more than most. Um, I need to see Violet Rising. her, that's really good. I mean, it was like apparently no talking like whatsoever in the movie. Um, so I mean, if anyone can, I'd say do it. That's willing to experiment and have like fun and do something wild. It's him. I agree. Uh, I like Drive. Um,
0: I really didn't like Only God Forgives. I thought it was boring and pointless. Uh, but from a visual standpoint, it's it looks great. Um, and Valhalla Rising, I really want to see. So, and I've never seen Maniac Cop, so I don't have a dog in the
1: race. Oh, Maniac Cop is so good. I've seen the first two thanks to Joe Bob. They did a, one of his one, his Friday night uh, during the season was Cop. Maniac Cop one and two. And he had uh, Bruce Campbell as the guest for the first movie because he's in the first movie and then he brought on the director um I won't say Lustig my name Lustig um, for the for the second movie. talking about both 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 folks I haven't seen the third one. I know that's an Alan Smithy movie like they got kind of yeah. pissed off and left <laughs> um, but the first two are really good. a lot of fun. Yeah, it's on the list.
0: Oh, one of those movies. You know, you know I'm a huge Bruce Campbell fan. So you know I'm down to see anything he's been a part of. Oh, he's he's he is fucking great. Yeah, that movie. Um, we're only talking about one cast member here. Obviously, there's not really a, a good supporting cast in this movie. It's it's Charlie Bronson's story, and most of his life is in solitary confinement. So there's not a lot of people he's interacted with over the years. Uh, Tom Hardy. Nominated for his performance in 2015's The Revenant. Lost to Mark Rylance for Bridge of Spies, which I disagree with. But I don't think Tom Hardy should have won that Oscar either. I thought that was Sylvester Stallone's time and he got cheated.
1: Oh, was that the year that everyone thought he was going to win for Creed and he got cheated? Yep. Yeah, that, that, was, that was wrong because I've seen Creed. He was, fucking, he was great in Creed.
0: Yeah, he was. I love Creed. I think it's my favorite Rocky movie
1: it's up there i don't know if it's my favorite because i'm actually a real big fan of uh rocky balboa oh nice the last, the last mainline one he did yeah. um especially that whole scene god that speech he gives just his, his son or he's like it's not about uh how many punches you can take or something like that yeah it's not about how hard you, you can it's hit. Not about how hard you can hit it's about how hard you get hit yeah hit yeah, like that line really stuck with me. I'm like, oh damn, especially because on a funny end, it's like, well, you would know that Rocky. You get hit a lot in the fucking movies.
0: <laughs> I guess that brain damage between five and six healed up just fine.
1: Yeah, <laughs> um, but at the same time, on like you know, more like on the serious note, just the idea of like that's a, to me a very inspiring message. Of like, yeah, it is. You know, and that's life. Like, it's not how hard you can take the or how big and tough and mean you are to the other person. It's how can you rebound from something. How can you recover? Yeah, I like I even
0: Rocky Five, which I know people really don't like. I I don't mind it. I think it's a decent watch. All all okay. seven, no eight now eight Rocky movies. If you count the two creeds, I love all of them. I think they're all worth watching.
1: Right, and Rocky Five's okay.
0: Yeah, I mean oh. Rocky in a street fight. I'll I'll back that up.
1: Yeah, it, it has a lot. I it's not how I'm. I'll say this. I'm glad they did Balboa to actually in the you know the main franchise. Before they spun it off for Creed Because if it had just been 5 I would have been like not the best ending
0: I do find it funny that in 5 and 6 Rocky has to like prove himself to his son Who is very much like Oh my dad's a boxer Uh," In both movies it's like this kid won't get the message That you have a good father who loves you Jesus Christ kid
1: Yeah right Yeah, especially if you kind of like, because what I love about Barboa too is I love the aspect of like how everyone freaks out when the, that dude challenges Rocky. And they're like, is is he going to come out and fight him? Oh my God. You know, because it's like, it's fucking Rocky. Like everyone knows who he is. But what I love is that for him, it's no, I want to repel the relationship with my son. I don't want to do this fight. Yeah. I'm, I think for me,
0: the biggest surprise of the Rocky franchise is like that he kept paulie around as long as he did.
1: Yeah, probably is kind of a douchebag.
0: He's a douchebag who like squandered Rocky's entire fortune, like wanted to bang a robot. Like, he's just the worst dude.
1: Yeah, constantly like made fun of his sister, who Rocky was very in love with. Yeah. You'd think if, like, you know, your
0: sister was married to a giant, like, respected boxer, you'd stop talking shit. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I can't also, see it. No, probably probably was not that great. Also, what I love is that like when Boboer came out, that was like, and again going back to that line, you know, it's not about how hard you can hit, it's how hard you can hit. I feel like that line meant a lot of time because that was when Chris Stallone. We all thought his career was dead. Like this guy had been in nothing yeah. of like note for the longest time, and we thought, well, okay, he's just unfortunately become a relic of you know that you know action era. And then he did, the to me, the one-two punch of, like, Rocky Balboa. And I was like, holy shit, what a fucking way to bring this character back and end it. And then he followed that up with fucking Rambo. And you know how much I love 2008's Rambo. Like, man, just was like, you know what? I'm not done. I'm bringing back two of my most iconic characters. And I'm showing you what's up with both of them.
0: I do love that whenever Stallone seems to be in a pinch or, like, his career seems to be on the de- – like, on the – Downslope, or somebody sells, like you know, somebody says something like, Oh, he's a has been, he'll break out of
1: Rocky, or he'll break out of Rambo. <laughs> he'll be like, What now? <laughs> yeah, right. And then he'll do like a random new franchise, like the expendables, and be like, Yeah, not only do I have my old returning franchises, I have a new one.
0: I'm still waiting for over the top two.
1: I am <laughs> we all love a good armor we're getting expendables for sooner than over the top 2 sir uh, yeah i i
0: yeah i don't remember how we got there. oh yeah he lost to mark rylands yeah rocky's awesome Rainbow's awesome Stallone's awesome bronson has an imdb score of 7.0 rotten tomatoes score of 76% uh, it was a surprise hit internationally uh, it was a surprise hit internationally, grossing $2.3 million on a budget of only $230,000. That's unbelievable. What he was able to pull off with just $200,000 200, is amazing. Holy shit. Yeah. And this was dollars, not pounds.
1: Wow. The, the Troy of getting an actor that doesn't demand that much money. <laughs>
0: an actor just starting out looking for a good juicy lead role you cast a bunch of unknowns you film in some abandoned prisons 200 200 g's really really save your money there yeah i'm i'm very impressed by that <laughs> it's a hell of a profit uh god damn yeah so with that let's discuss some uh some s- highlights of bronson uh I love the introduction where he's just, you know, talking about, you know, I want to be famous, but I can't sing. And I got to chuckle when he's like, I can't fucking act. It's
1: like, eh, don't sell yourself short, Tom. <laughs> just made me laugh. <laughs> just come down there, Tom. Uh, I put so actually with that, I kind of want to talk about that. I, I like the C structure for this with the whole like. So when he first started out talking like that, I was like, oh, OK, cool opening. And then I did it again then did it again i was like oh this is how this film's being told <laughs> and i was like you know what it's to me it's incredibly it's an effective way to a biography because like if there's one thing i think we can agree on when it comes to biographies because i know you're a big fan i'm not mine's all dependent on what who they're doing the biography on really yeah um obviously especially because they've done so many music ones more than most there is a cliche that kind of as far as how the story plays out yeah it's a formula yeah, there's a there's a fun way to do it. Seeing something like this, where they're kind of like breaking the mold and saying like, let's find an interesting way to actually tell the story. This is it right here. Like, this is a cool way. Having these moments of going back to him and almost being in his head as he's telling the story to us. Like, this is which didn't makes me interesting in a way. Where it's like it, you know, obviously what, what we know what we're seeing is true, but if you knew nothing about this man, you could start to question like, am I even seeing like a true story? Like. It could all be what he's building up, what he is saying about himself. You know what I mean? Well, the whole thing about this guy is he's theatrical. He wants,
0: he's playing to a crowd that doesn't exist his entire life. So it makes sense that in his own head, telling his own story, he's doing like a one man show, vaudeville style. It just worked for the character. Like this is how he's picturing him telling his own story.
1: Yeah, it made perfect sense. Yeah, it's it's just so goddamn like you said like the scenes where he's like he laughs and he just stops laughing and stares at the audience, he's just like what the fuck, and then like when he had like the scene where he had like he was, his face was painted, and he's just going so over the top loony with it, and I'm like what the fuck, man.
0: I was laughing my ass off the um the uh, montage of him as a as a kid getting into trouble when he just straight up decked his teacher when he was like twelve. Yeah. Dude flipped over the
1: desk and was like, ah. I just <laughs> like, yeah. like <laughs> this guy almost thing would set him off. Unreal. I can't, I've
0: never seen anybody with a fuse that short. Um, And he ends up, you know, marrying some lady from the shop. They have a baby. Both of them are never seen again. Yeah, I love that. There's not n- not seen in one bit. <laughs> he didn't even mention them. And he goes to jail for, like, stealing, like, 60 bucks from a post office. (laughs) And that three decades later, he's still in prison.
1: Yeah. Something that any other person would have done their time and moved on. Like,
0: I love in the courtroom scene when his mom's like, don't worry. Like, you'll you'll be out in four. And he's looking around like,
1: okay. (laughs) Uh, Optimism. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I I like how we get an introduction to his naked fighting that he is really keen on doing to so the guards to fuck with them, with that whole scene where like they're getting ready to transfer him, and he just is naked, <laughs> and just squares. I love how he always gets ready to fight. He does that constantly. He's constantly getting ready. Just puts it up like that one guy that wants the he was going his boxing promoter when he first approaches him in prison prison and Tari just stares at him and then just throws his arms up and i'm like he's not trying to fight you dude i love the guy's just like you got some guns on you mate and he's just
0: like <sighs> i love the weird way he gives him his tea he like bows in front of him almost <laughs> like what's going on here <laughs> <laughs> oh boy um yeah there's random moments in pre- i love when he's talking about like various prisons like their hotel rooms. It's like, it wasn't my favorite place to stay, but the staff are more than willing to make your stay memorable as he's getting his ass kicked by the guards.
1: <laughs> God.
0: And then he fucks up and ends up in a mental hospital.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I love how they fucking, they, they like dope him up so he can't do shit anymore because they're so tired of him. I mean, the, the look he gives me is just staring
0: i love when the when we meet the pedophile and he's just walking through the like the fun room and you don't see tom hardy and then he's like in the foreground just like like drooling in a chair and you're just like wait a minute was that our hero what
1: i wonder if like how much of this he he used for venom because now that we're talking i'm like there's so much of like this is like venom here Oh
0: yeah. This was a uh I'm sure he went to some interesting places that he never left
1: with Bronson. <laughs> yeah. I'm just glad he likes he has no issues playing these kind of types of like main characters for us to get into like just usually like the type of characters that film would most American films, especially your major street back, would make just a secondary fucking character that we see that we remember from by a character, but he is like the main star as this type of character, and I love it. I think if i had to pick a favorite like cultures films
0: it's england i think that the, the british make such great balls to the wall films that are just you know like i mean tom hardy goes full frontal in this movie Sometimes, like, yeah we see we see tom's hardy or tom softy thank god and yeah
1: you know, <laughs> i hope he's a i hope he's a grower by the way i was like I was like, I was like, I'm not judging, but you're probably he's probably a grower. I think probably just gets like like impressive when he's it hard. Would,
0: it would explain the aggressive hyper-masculine roles and
1: the muscles. <laughs> <laughs> I love Tom Hardy. I want to make that clear. Also, uncut man. I noticed that immediately I was like, he's uncut.
0: Jumping around here, I loved the scene where he took the the guard hostage and made him rub the grease on him. And then he starts yelling, faster, 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 quicker, quicker, quicker. (laughs) Screaming it at the guy. He's like, fuck off. And then the guards start to fight him and they can't grab him.
1: I like how he alternates between like speaking softly to him and then yelling. When he's like, All right, now sit down. No, right there, you're fucking and he just fucking goes off.
0: (laughs) Oh my god, that was crazy. Uh, a scene that had me just roaring because it was so weird was the mental hospital dance party, <laughs> where they're just like having a dance night for the people at the hospital, and <laughs> just he's just dancing him. with some lady, <laughs> just doped out of his mind.
1: I love kind of going. I know we're about, but going back to that that scene when like the pedophile. Going back to that one, like he's telling him what he does, and you can just see him be like, oh. Like he wants to beat the shit out of him then and there. He's like gritting his teeth. He's spitting. He's like, (laughs)
0: Uh, just tell this. Just the guy. Like, hey, me, you, nine-year-old girl, huh? Think about it. Like, what the fuck?
1: Jesus. And because we established that Bronson might be insane, he's not that kind of criminal. So he's just like, I'm going to fucking kill this guy. I'm going to fucking kill him.
0: I Love that he's like, there's only one way for me to stay here forever, and I think I know exactly who to do it to. <laughs> and he just comes up behind the guy with a tie and chokes him out. But the guys get the guards get there just in time to save him.
1: Yeah, even I was like, come on, let, let him take care of him, let him do this, give him this one.
0: <laughs> oh man, uh, yeah, that <laughs> mental hospital. Dance scene where he just starts wandering around and he wanders towards the guards, and the guards just like <laughs> turn points back and he just like <laughs> starts wandering back. He's so <laughs> fucked up, he
1: can't, he just got to stagger about. I love like the guard interactions he has because you can tell, like, before the fight, when anytime they're just standing there, the look on their face is like, Oh, Charlie again, huh? Gotta, gotta deal with this again.
0: I love when he gets in solitary, I think, for strangling the guy. or so, I don't remember what the situation was, but one of the guards or, like, the head doctor or somebody comes in and is like, what do you want us to do? And he's like, fuck off. And they leave, and he's like, fuck it. Con, they'll be back. I'll be ready for that. Fuck it. And they come back, and he's like, what are you going to do? It's so
1: crazy. And even, like... Uh... The whole like, let's see what we're talking about with the putting the shit on him, right? The I love what he calls it. I'm putting on my body armor. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? And it's just fucking. It's lube. It's fucking lube. (laughs) I love what he's like. Get my ass. Not in my ass. You fucking like just freaks (laughs) out when a guy gets too close to his asshole. Yeah. No, that's what I love. He's just like, and when he has him, he's like do you have family? Like, he's trying to be nice. But then he has those moments of freak out on him. And now he's like, okay, come on, be it, be it, be it, be a man. Get my ass. No, no, you're talking. <laughs>
0: it's
1: like, what the fuck?
0: I don't think he's crazy. I think he's fully aware of his actions and he's enjoying every second of it. I think this, this man knows exactly how to push people's buttons and just does it. Like, I don't
1: think he's insane yeah. at all. <laughs> I... I don't know. Because well, The only way to the only way I could rebuke that is uh the scenes following him getting out the first time when he goes to Uncle uh, Jack. Yeah. That was weird. Who was... looked like he uh, uh may have wanted to fuck him because he put his arm on trolley's leg. And even I was like, "Hmm. Your hands on his leg for quite a while there, Uncle Jack." I think Uncle Jack is more of a title than a an actual fact. <laughs> I hope I do like how uncomfortable he looks in that scene. <laughs> yeah,
0: I love when the girl gives him the cocktail and he's like, thank you. and Just holds it for a while. He doesn't know how to drink it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, it tastes good. Oh, that
0: he starts fucking this stripper that he's like falling in love with and she's like, uh, I love my boyfriend. And he's like, you fucking what now? <laughs>
1: Like, he had no idea. Yeah, she never told him. And I was like, oh What I love is that he he just leaves her after that. I'm just like, "Yeah, she's kind of a shit person for doing that." Like, she's had a boyfriend this whole time, but she's been fucking you. <laughs> like, and what does he do? He immediately goes and
0: steals an engagement ring. And tells that lady, "Don't don't call the cops for
1: 15 minutes, or I'll fucking kill you." Like, yeah, I love that. I love how he just beats the shit out of the guy. And she's like, "Don't call the for 15 minutes." Knowing she's gonna call the cops.
0: Oh. I love what he says later, like that lady waited exactly 15 minutes, but it did not take them 15 minutes to find me. <laughs> Everyone knows about the crazy
1: dude screaming at people and picking fights. Yeah, I love it. He has such a reputation. He is famous, he doesn't even realize it just in his own way. Um I I do love again, and this is why it kind of gets, to like where I think he may have been insane was like a scene with that stripper. When she sits on his lap and she kisses him and they show his arm and it's just shaking. <laughs> I'm like, what are you trying? What are you, what's going on there, big guy? I think he was just really
0: flexing because that was turning her on. I think that's what it was. He was like, I'm not dropping this arm.
1: <laughs> like, no,
0: tighten this up the whole time.
1: <laughs> yeah, I do. I do like the boxing stuff we get too. when we get his brief foray into boxing. <laughs> and ultimately his name of Charles Bronson
0: I, I love the first fight when he's like 20 quid are you kidding me the guy's like you gotta give me gold he's like that was gold he's like you just pissed on a gypsy you need to do better than that like
1: <laughs> geez yeah I was like what do you want him to do because we already had a scene where I had to watch a dude shit in his hand and it smeared <laughs> it on his face what more what do you want him to do yeah there's a lot going on here it's interesting that this is i watched this not too long after the sadness so it was like i had the sadness and all that crazy shit i'm like okay bronson should be fine and as soon as this which i love fucking hardy's just stare just like the look of like how the fuck did i end up here (laughs) because the guy is shitting in his hand
0: well if it ain't the consequences of my own
1: actions yeah it stares i love how the dudes like hmm I'm thinking. I remember I was standing on my couch, going, "Please don't eat it. Please not do it. I think you're going to do and eat it. Do it not had, do it. it."
0: It had been a long time since I saw this. I was thinking exactly the same thing. I, I didn't remember what he did with the shit, and I'm like, "Oh God, don't, don't do that." It's like, please don't. <laughs> the weird thing is, I'm not sure if this film is supposed to be a comedy. It's just so outrageous that it'd
1: be, it's hilarious. Honestly, it. It probably isn't supposed to be, but just because of how they go with it, it makes it funny.
0: Yeah, it's, it's unreal. Um, I love during the hostage situation when he takes that one guard when he gets greased up. He calls the warden for demand. He's like, I'm not leaving here till my demands are met. And the guy's like, well, what are your demands? He's like, what have you got? <laughs> he had no demands. He didn't give a shit. It's all for the moment.
1: Yeah, I still thought like he just he kinda hangs up. I thought he's like, yeah, bye. It's like I don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, I uh I love when he he finds uh joy in painting and in, in arts and he you see Bronson start to finally chill the fuck out. <laughs> yeah.
0: And then the warden says we're cutting the arts program and he just goes, You fucking what
1: mate? <laughs> yeah.
0: Immediately turns on <laughs> his art teacher. He's like, "How the fuck do you know what
1: I want?" Yeah, like, I love. Well, I, I love like that whole interaction with him and the warden when he tells him that because one, I I felt like the one did that to be a fucking prick more than anything. Um, yeah. But I love when that the, the the therapist whoever it is that was working with him goes to grab the painting and like he's not letting it go. <laughs> he just has a death grip on it. <laughs>
0: I wish we got to see the painting. I was hoping it was like a big, like, fuck you or something to the warden.
1: Yeah. I love how he's wearing the glasses. So the whole time the warden saying this, you just see this very stoic look on Tom Hardy's face as he suddenly cut the budget down. And you're like, what's going on in that head right now?
0: There's a reason for the glasses. I found out those sunglasses, especially his vision was so fucked up because he was in solitary for 30 years. Like, it was, you know, being in the dark so long made his eyes very susceptible to light. He needed to wear those special sunglasses.
1: Holy shit. They turned the dude into fucking Riddick. So that's how you turn a Riddick. <laughs> yeah. Quick side note. Quick side note, Vin Diesel's being a goddamn bitch and teasing us again today. I, I saw it on Blayuska. I almost sent you that
0: article, but I'm like, you probably I, do before I did. <laughs>
1: I I saw it on Blood Disgusting, and they're like, right, and there was like literally Todd Mendesu was teasing uh Riddick. Was, I not My first thought was, Mendesu, go fuck yourself, stop teasing me, you fucking always flaccid bald fat fuck. You give me God, Jesus, <laughs> tell us what you really think. Don't you say shit about Riddick. And so, you know, I don't hear shooting, so David Torrey tells me they're shooting tomorrow. <laughs> God damn. Yes, my hope has just turned to anger now at the fact that I'm not getting another Riddick movie. So, how much I like the third one. Fuck you, Mendes. You know what? Give it to The Rock. He'll give me a good Riddick. Ooh. Ouch. Uh, uh, I said it. Yeah, you said it. Um, g- yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: but yeah he's, right.
1: side, he's sidetracked uh,
0: his eyes are all fucked up I love when he just comes up behind the art teacher guy and just
1: grabs his face and pulls him back it's like oh yeah. shit I thought he killed him me too I thought oh shit I love when you you mentioned him he said like how the fuck I love how that scene plays out where like the art teacher is like on his side like he's just being a prick he doesn't understand we can convince blah 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 like clearly trying to help him because he believes in his art so much he just sits, sits and he just goes How the fuck do you know how I feel? Like, oh seeing the art teacher's face of just like, oh shit.
0: Like he's like, at the end of what happened to my tea,
1: bruv? He's like, oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah. I love I love it. You know, in that moment he realizes like at the end of the day, it's a criminal he's dealing with. It's someone in prison he's dealing with. And as soon as you just hear him deliver that line of like, How the fuck do you think you know how I feel? It's like, okay, it just got real. Like, I might need to get out of this scenario. Yep.
0: And then Bronson makes him a living painting, and yes, and and in the end, he's like,
1: "Oh, he's had enough." Yeah, I love that whole scene when he like he it just cuts him again naked or nude Hardy somehow painted completely black, like entire body. I don't know. Maybe he made the dude paint him before he tied him up. Yeah, dude, I love how it's just him standing. I love how they do a lot of these shots, and it's just him standing there staring at the door. (laughs) Just, I think he yells some kind of demand first or something because all the guards are already at the door waiting. He
0: wants music.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I don't get my fucking music. (laughs) Yeah, and I love how the war is just like, just give him his music. (laughs) They're so tired of this shit. Yeah, they're just like, just give him the goddamn music. <laughs> he just gives it, he's like, yeah, just, just do it. And yeah, you get that scene, he puts like the hat on his head, he's doing all this stuff, and then yeah, he just looks at him and he goes, all right, he's had enough. Come on in here, you fucking, and like, <laughs> yeah.
0: and that's the movie, it says this, you know, he's still incarcerated.
1: Yeah. I just Everything like, about that scene like, really tells you like, the, everything about how that relationship is with him and the guards, which is like, when he takes someone hostage like that, because he has proven not to kill anyone, they're just like, oh, "God damn it! What's he demanding? All right, let's just wait till the guy's fucking tired, and then we'll get in there. He's probably gonna be naked, just so you guys know." I just, I, I think if this guy had been a violent criminal, this would be a terrifying movie. But the
0: fact that he has not actually done anything makes this hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> All he's done is beat the shit out of some people. And rob the occasional store. Yeah, he's literally just the guy with the world's shortest fees. <laughs> it's amazing. Oh boy, that was fun. Uh, Harrison Film has some facts for Bronson. Number one, Charles Bronson was not allowed to see the film, but said that if his he said that if his mother liked it, that would be enough for him. According to the director, his mother loved it. In 2011, Bronson was finally allowed to see the film and called it quote. Theatrical, creative, and brilliant. Thank God, because I wouldn't want to be, I wouldn't want to piss this guy off.
1: He just hunts Tom Hardy down. You fucked up my life story, mate.
0: <laughs> and he just beats shit out of Tom Hardy. I feel like Tom Hardy holds his own though.
1: Probably would. He'd probably start acting like him to confuse him.
0: And come back Bronson,
1: think like, oh <laughs> I think he's fighting <laughs> a, like what happened here. <laughs> he starts saw him quicker. Quicker, quicker, quicker.
0: He tears off Tom Hardy tears off his clothes. It's like does the like gun thing, and Bronson's like, "What the fuck is happening?" <laughs> <laughs> I can see I can see that kind of like you know you're locked in here with me kind of situation. <laughs> um, number two, I thought this was hilarious. Charles Bronson shaved off his mustache, and sent it to Tom Hardy so that it could be made into a loose mustache for him to wear. Uh, I couldn't find anything on whether or not the mustache in the film actually is Charles Bronson's shaved off mustache. I don't think it is.
1: I doubt it is. I I don't think Bronson knows how film works. (laughs) Oh, he he can't play me without a mustache. Where's he going to get a mustache? I'll just give him mine because I can grow it back out anyway.
0: (laughs) This man is wacko. (laughs) Number three. Nicholas Winding Refn was not allowed to meet Charles Bronson in person since he is not from Britain. I didn't know that. Apparently in England you can only go um, visit prisoners if you are also like a native Englishman.
1: That's a weird rule,
0: but okay. Yeah. No, no, no Danes. No Danish.
1: Hmm. Someone's been playing Valhalla. I, uh, that's an ism. There's a lot of no Danes stuff in that game. Uh, he was, however, allowed to have two phone calls with him.
0: Tom Hardy, who is a Brit, he did meet with Bronson several times and the two became good friends. Bronson was impressed with how Hardy managed to get just as muscular as he was and how well he can mimic his own personality and voice. It's almost like Charles Bronson's never heard of an actor.
1: (laughs) Wow, you look and sound just like me. How did you do that? (laughs) I'm a starving actor. That's why I I need this role.
0: (laughs) Bronson has stated he believes Hardy was the only person who could play him. Yeah, I
1: second that. Yeah, I don't, I, this is, yeah. Like I said, there is so much of this role that I'm thinking about, like, what I said about Venom, I'm like, yeah, Hardy's not like you can pull off these like type of unhinged, out-there roles the way he does. Oh, yeah. And number four, I thought this was a bummer. Although
0: Michael Charles Bronson Peterson thoroughly enjoyed the film, he did criticize the portrayal of him as an avid enthusiast of prison life. He has gone on record to state that he absolutely hates prison and suffered physical and mental trauma from his time served. And, I mean, if he just stopped kicking guards' asses, he would
1: have been out a long time ago. Yeah, I'm like, I feel like hard, he's his own worst enemy. Yeah, I was like, It's hard for me to believe that because, like, Larry the movie kind of tells you, like, if you just stop doing what you're doing, you would have not been in and out to begin with. You would have gone in for a little bit of that shot blitz, and then you would have been out, and you would have been fine yeah so i don't i mean how much of
0: that is fact how much of that is fiction and how much is that charles bronson trying to like reclaim his image after this movie made him look like a psychopath
1: yeah and based off what we know i i think he does like prison i get i've i get the feeling this is a man that wants to shape the narrative his way and be famous in his way and then he was like well i I like to except for that aspect it's like well i doubt it
0: yeah he's been in control of his own story until this movie and, yeah, that makes sense. He's got to kind of get some control back. <laughs> Crazy. I give Bronson an 8. It's a wildly entertaining film. Features one of Tom Hardy's greatest performances. It's fucking bonkers in a good way.
1: Yeah, I, I second that 8. <laughs> I'm, I'm down. This is, yeah. I Glad I finally had a chance to watch it. Tom Hardy really fucking delivers in this film. And I'm just glad that it this wasn't like a, this, you know, a case of a struggling actor that finally got him to just kind of sleepwalk the rest of his career of success, he's just continued to deliver as we talked about performances like this left and right, no problems. Like this was definitely a movie that said, "This is who this actor is. Get ready because he's going to do some real big stuff, even bigger stuff as the years go on."
0: Oh hell yeah! This was this was a good one. I love I love when the book delivers a just solid episode to us. It's entirely random. Uh, thanks I for like listening.
1: Sometimes it, it betrays us.
0: Oh yeah, sometimes we get like a last shift, or the bird box episode we didn't do.
1: I like how it, the book is determined. We do that, and we just keep being like, "Yeah, not happening."
0: nah we you know we have. I had to like, kind of make up a weird rule to, so we got out of doing bird box. That was fun
1: because <laughs> Bronson was our next
0: pick. So thankfully, that's what we got.
1: Yeah, I like. Yeah, we just. Keep finding ways out of bird box.
0: <laughs> well, this was uh, thanks for listening, everybody. If you like the show, feel free to follow us on our socials Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at FilmGasm Productions. You can send us a message if you want that there's films you want us to do on the show. You can send us some matches there, or you can email us at FilmGasm at gmail.com. You can also check out our website, FilmGasm.com, where we have reviews, articles, trailers, every episode of all of our shows. If you want to support the show through Anchor, you can click on support this podcast on your podcast provider. We appreciate it. Next week, the cycle continues with Caleb's pick, and we're going full creature feature with 1980s alligator. Um, A baby gator is flushed down the toilet and spends 12 years in the sewers, gorging itself on lab dogs being injected with growth hormones. So now we got a giant alligator going after humans. Sure to be a fun episode. I love monster movies. This one comes highly recommended. Uh, check us out next week for Alligator. Uh Yeah, you, you're you're the one who's been pu- pushing for this one. I
1: so. know I have. There, yeah. there's there's a scene that stuck with me since I was a kid. Um, Anyone who's seen it, I'll just say this: it's the reason I got scared of swimming pools for quite a while. Um, if you haven't seen it, you'll know uh, what we mean when we talk about it. But I highly recommend this movie. I remember living as a kid. I remember watching it on TV all the time. I'm. I know that I've been pushing for this ever since I got my hands on, on the Screen Factory uh, 4K that they released because it's finally again, it's due and getting put on home, uh, upgrade physical release and getting a lot more love again. So I can't it's, wait.
0: Yeah, this will be fun. Monster movies are always fun. Um, don't miss Green Lantern on Friday's Beyond the Bad, Ex Machina on Oscar Sunday, and A24's Men on Monday's Sneak Preview. Until then, try to stay out of prison and keep watching movies.